Hello and welcome back. Pastor Merritt and Dave's West Bank Bible Church podcast. Today we were going to be on lesson number nine of Daniel. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of having 1 John 1, 9, which as we studied at our last lesson, provides us understanding of the scripture. So guide us now and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Okay, David. Last week uh, on chapter 8, we were looking at the doctrine of gap, uh, grace apparatus for perception, and we went through verse 8. Today we'll be beginning on verse 9, and that'll be at the bottom, I'm sorry, correction, at the top of page 2, if you are following along in the outline. King James Version, Daniel 1.9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. NIV, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. Daniel has decided God wants him to follow the precepts of the Mosaic law regardless of the cost. This is so often the case in time. Following the protocol plan of God is especially difficult for young people. Peer pressure makes it tough to do what is right. There are always pressures which make application of doctrine difficult. As a believer, we must stick to the real issue and not get involved with what to do and not to do that we forget the source of the power. James Carville said to George Herbert Bush, It's the economy, stupid. But the Bible says to the believer, It's doctrine, stupid. The answer to our problems in applying doctrine is simple but complex we must consistently use the two power options as we taught. Daniel, from all indication, was a master at taking in the word even under severe testing. We have just read it is God who calls Ashpenaz to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. So it is with us. We must never doubt the power of God. The word translated tender in the Hebrew is rakamin, an adjective meaning an emotional response. Kesed is the word for love as translated in the KJV and means grace or favor. Ashpenaz 
was capable only of an emotional love that is a love response to the obviously good character traits of Daniel. He appreciated the object of his love. His favor toward Daniel was based on who and what Daniel was. That he had no doctrine in his soul to appreciate truly the spiritual merits of Daniel, I think would be a good assumption. At this point, the future greatness of Daniel is evident to Ashpenaz. It is important to understand it is Jesus Christ who controls history and Daniel, as we will later see, has a persona destiny that will significantly affect history. God, like the B-26s at Normandy, excuse me, at Normandy's Omaha Beach, is always out there ahead of us, softening up the enemy. The low-flying B-26 marauders delivered their ordinances right on target, that is, at Omaha Beach, making the landing far less costly. Right now, God is attacking in advance for you and for me, just like he did for Daniel. There is nothing out there in front of us we cannot handle. Be aware. He knows exactly how close the bombs can fall. It may get a little scary at times, but keep in mind, he knows our frame. KJV Daniel 1.10 And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort, then shall ye make endanger my head to the king. Daniel one ten in the NIV. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why he? Why? Should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Aspenaz, like all unbelievers, is eat up with human viewpoint. This you would expect given what we have just learned about unbelieving mankind. Ashpenaz was a man of power, 
like those in power today who are without doctrine, they are full of fear. Though Ashpenaz appreciated Daniel, he could not acquiesce to his request. The prince of the eunuchs knew of the fierceness of Nebuchadnezzar, and he rightfully given no doctrine that is doctored in his soul. He was without. That made him afraid. Very often, leaders of the world do stupid things. Their decisions are often motivated by fear. Satan, recall, is very interested in the leaders of his world. He seldom pays attention to peons like you and me. Think about Adolf Hitler and the Eastern Front, Operation Barbarossa. Why did Adolf decide to attack his ally, Communist Russia, when he certainly had his hands full with the Allied forces? Taking on 2,000 miles of Eastern Front at a time when the Wormat were already defending 3,000 miles of Mediterranean coast and 6,000 miles along the Atlantic was pure insanity, or was it demon control? The frightened Ashpenaz, in effect, told Daniel, If you boys eat and look like a 90-pound wonder, and the other boys eat and look like Charles Atlas, my goose is cooked. The cooking of his goose might have become literal. There is an historical account of Nebuchadnezzar having an enemy cooked alive on a large skillet. Don't forget the lion's den and the fiery furnace were favorite Babylonian and Persian tools for dispensing capital punishment. When Ashpenaz was running scared, Daniel, no doubt, was recalling what he had read in Isaiah. Fear thy not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's Isaiah 41.10. Refusing to eat the food could have resulted in Daniel's death. Nevertheless, Daniel will pursue his request. A believer with doctrine in his soul will not easily be discouraged. Recall the scripture makes clear, if we are to please God, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Daniel develops a plan. He will first seek out a subordinate subordinate of Ashpenaz. Okay, that's the end of lesson nine. So short, we're going to go ahead and go into lesson 10. And again, if you have the outline, we will be at the top of page two is where we will begin. Daniel is now faced with a matter of application. He has the doctrine in his soul, 
but he had been turned down by his mentor. He must decide how do I proceed. Daniel develops a plan. He will first seek out a subordinate of Ashpenazes and then repeat his request. He does not give up. Let's see how the young man from Jerusalem proceeds. Daniel 1.11 Then Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Or in the NIV, Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The Hebrew word for Melzar, seen in the NIV as guard, that is translated guard, is not without controversy. Strong in his dictionary has this to say of this transliteration. Melzar is a Chaldean or is of Chaldean origin. It means the butler or some other officer in the Babylonian court. Some have said it is a man's name and others know just a title. If a man's name, there are they, excuse me, if a man's name, there are those who think he was a subordinate to Ashpenaz, and then others believe it is to be a subordinate responsible among other things for the food service function. David, you want to start there? All right. He is either a general subordinate responsible for the general daily supervision of the boys, or he has a specialized supervisory role relating to the preparation of their food. In my view, it's a title. I believe, in the parlance of the Air Force, he was the base food service officer. He was the man in charge of the boys' dining facility. Daniel decides to slightly after his approach. He seems to challenge the Meltzar to the engage in a scientific experiment. Daniel 1.12 Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. The NIV, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Daniel knows it is the Lord who determines the outcome of everything. He knows that doctrine is more real than reality. Doctrine demands he follow the dietary laws of Moses. He wants only vegetables and water. The word translated prove test is nasah, parsed here as a peel imperative of entreaty. It means to test, to assay, to prove, to try for the purpose of determining genuineness. 
As you can see, Daniel makes his presentation a little stronger with Melzar. He uses the peel stem and the imperative. The noun zeroa from the verb zara is translated pulse in the KJV. Zeroa is the product of anything planted and its verb form zara means to sow seed. The NIV has translated pulse correctly as simply vegetables. The word for water is the common Hebrew word mayim, translated more often than not as water. Daniel 1.13 Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. NIV reads, Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food, and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. Daniel speaks, as you might expect, rather convincingly. Daniel expects a miracle, for in ten days he believes God will show in his body and the bodies of his friends a discernible change for the good. To convey doctrine to others, be it informally in the case of the layman responding to a question or a pastor teacher using his gift, you must yourself be convinced of the truth. Said another way, you have to know before you can communicate correctly. By limiting the experience, experiment to 10 days, Daniel gives the Meltzar reason to approve the text. Perhaps the Meltzar thought, how much discernible change can be done in 10 days? Now let's see what happened. Daniel 1.14 So he consented to them in this manner and proved them 10 days. NIV. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Agreed here is a translation from Shama, meaning to hear and pay attention. It would perhaps be, he heard him out and could see no harm, so why not? Zeh is a Hebrew demonstrative whose antecedent is the proposal. By going to the Meltzar, Daniel also took his friend Ashpenaz off the hook. After all, the prince of the eunuchs had said no. We do not know if Daniel asked permission to go see the Meltzar or not, but chances are he did. Assuming the steward is a subordinate of Ashpenaz, there would be no reason for permission. Nasa is again tested. I'm sorry, is again translated here in the KJV, proved, which is not bad. The NIV uses tested. Both prove and tested are good translations as we have seen. Nasa here is a third person singular appeal imperfect with the conservative va. The idea was to give the boy his wish for 10 days, Esser Yom, and then at the time we will take a look at their general appearance. It was a test in the eyes of the Meltzar. Now let's see what the boys look like. That is after 10 short days. KJV 115 And at the end of 10 days, 
their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. NIV At the end of ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. The phrase ten days is often used in scripture idiomatically for a short time. As we have earlier seen, it is simply eser yom in the Hebrew and literally should be translated ten days. A judgment call is necessary, and I have opted for the literal ten-day translation. Let me give you a translation from Colonel R.B. Thame of Baraka Bible Church, quoting, And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared more beautiful in color and firmer of skin texture than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. The word for countenance in the Hebrew is mara, which according to Strong's biblical book, strong means to view the act of seeing. Also, an appearance, the thing seen, whether real or a shape. It is used often in the plural for the looks of someone or something. It is used also for visions. Especially is it used if that which is viewed is handsome. The word in the KJV translated fairer is tov, which according to strong means simply good, like a good thing, a good man or woman. The good, goods, or good things. Also, it's used as an adverb to mean well. The word translated in the KJV fatter is barai or bari, which according to Strong in his means simply fatted or plump, as in the case of an animal that has been lot fed and thus ready for slaughter. It is better, firmer, flesh, as against fatter. The context demands a little more than the literal Hebrew. We can therefore understand the boys looked healthy in every respect, even given their diet of pulse and water perhaps better written, pulp and water. The test was successful, and so Daniel and his friends were spared the embarrassment and emotional tension 
from having to defend their law and, of course, the discipline from the king. Again, we see honoring his word. When a believer takes a stand based on the Bible, he or she never loses. By following the Mosaic law, they were not only pleasing God, they were eating things that were healthful, and it showed in their overall appearance. Their victory must have benefited Melzar and Aspenaz, for we have no record Daniel and his friends were ever again asked to eat or drink at the king's table. In the devil's counterfeit program, his motivating the Babylonians to eat and drink the finest of foods, most of which have been offered earlier to idols, was supposed to make them healthy. We see in this test case of Daniel versus the Babylonian establishment, it is God's protocol which succeeded and not the devil's counterfeit program. Daniel 117, the KJV. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. NIV. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Recall the boys were to learn for three years academic skills needful for success as a Babylonian. This included the Chaldean language. These four boys, because of their relationship with God and the inculcation of doctrine in their soul, each was an academic success. They graduated at the top of their classes. The boys took their studies seriously. They did their jobs as unto the Lord. Notice it was God who gave the knowledge. God does not confine himself to the spiritual. He is interested in our total development. Remember, we all have our very own spiritual life, which includes everything we do in time. God was interested in how these boys did in their academics. He wanted their lives to be a witness, and so he gave them wisdom. Daniel was given a special gift. He would excel in the business of foretelling dreams and visions. In Babylon, the astrologer or diviner was very influential. The king's staff was replete with magicians and wise men. Daniel was given the gift prophecy, though he did not hold the office of prophecy. Daniel, as we will later see, will challenge the wise men. Daniel will win out. And that concludes lesson number 10 in Daniel. Enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Pastor Merritt, if there's anyone within the sound of our voices or beyond without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Could you close us in a prayer? Father, we're grateful for men like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're grateful for the opportunity to study what they did and how they performed. So help us, guide us, direct us as we will continue to uh, take a look at what can be done when you put your eyes upon the Lord and trust his name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So until next time. So long.